fantastic hip hit. What a lob! And there's Ray. He's open for the tie. Yes! Oh my goodness, Gary Payton! The Seattle SuperSonics have won the NBA World Championship Series in five games. Welcome back to We Want Our Sonics Back. It has been a really weird couple of weeks. Uh, If you're listening to a podcast, most likely uh, you are someone who is informed about what is happening in the world. Uh, And honestly, if you live in a major city, you know what's been happening. Now, we're a podcast about basketball. Uh, And to be perfectly clear, uh, we're two white guys So we don't have a lot of wisdom to give on this subject, to be honest. So we just wanted to be clear that while we totally support uh, the protests that have been happening in the wake of the death, um, or I I should just say it, the murder of George Floyd, uh, we support that. But at the same time, uh, if you're looking for more information or ways to be active, uh, about Black Lives Matter and and protesting the the injustice that has happened and has been happening uh, in I'll, I'll just say as living in Canada, North America uh, for the last oh, decades, um, I would say you there are probably better podcasts you can go to and listen to uh, and then come back to this when you feel like you have made that progress in your your own mind. Um, But we just wanted to say right off top of the podcast that we know that there are more important things to be talking about than the NBA, Uh, that there are very serious uh, conversations that need to be had. Uh, But for us, we are an NBA podcast. We are, we want our Sonics back. And so we're going to be talking uh, about the NBA, its return. Uh, But right off the top, we did want to acknowledge uh, what has been happening uh, and just send out uh, our sincere condolences to the Floyd family. uh, And for all those who have faced this kind of injustice, uh, specifically in regards to police brutality. Um, But uh, we, we just wanted to say that we understand uh, that there is a lot of rage out there, uh, and rightfully so. Um, but for our podcast, we're going to keep on talking about the NBA. And we hope that maybe if you're, you're listening to this, maybe it could be um, a respite, uh, just uh, an oasis uh, of just, you know, we just, we just really like basketball, guys. And, and we want to talk about basketball and we understand that there are more important things that are happening around the world. Uh, but for the next 35 minutes or so, uh, we just want to really focus in on talking about basketball. Any, anything you would like to say, Danny? Um, first, I just want to um, wish my sincerest condolences to the um, family of George Floyd. And like you said, to everyone around the world that has faced this kind of injustice. And we want to let you know that we, we don't stand for that. 
as we want our Sonics back podcast. And as two white guys, we stand with our African-American brothers and sisters against this fight of injustice. Absolutely. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully some real change, not just people coming out and saying things, but real change can happen. Uh, specifically within uh, the police departments of the United States, uh, that we can see some real change because black lives matter. Um, uh, there's no, there's no way to really transition from that. Um, I, I guess, I guess it's a good thing that it's, it's a solemn, awkward thing for us to talk about. Um, but we wanted to make sure that we we said something. We didn't want uh, to just act like, you know, this week has been just a normal week and let's talk about the NBA. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we we let whatever whatever voice that we have uh, be heard in, in standing, like you said, in unison and solidarity with the black community and saying what has happened has been outrageous. Um, and we want real change, yeah. but let, let's, let's move on. Like I said, we, we are an NBA podcast. Um, I'd like to uh, give if... a quick shout out to something though. Go for it. Um, over this last week, I believe if I'm not mistaken on Thursday, there was a couple of coaches, uh, Will Conroy, who's the assistant for UW basketball. Mm-hmm. as well as the head coach of UW basketball, Mike Hopkins. And I know Jamal Crawford was there, as well as Isaiah Thomas. And if I'm not mistaken, Zach Levine of the Chicago Bulls was there. But they hosted um, a Q&A forum for parents of professional athletes that are African-American. And I mm-hmm. thought that that was just such a great idea to kind of bring the community together and to have these parents and these kids be able to ask these, you know, coaches that are in the national spotlight, these different things. So I thought that was such a great thing. Yeah, that's awesome. So I just wanted to give a shout out to um, all those that headed that up. Absolutely. And we'd encourage you. I'm sure you can find that online uh, and, and you can listen to that, watch that. Uh, and then come back to to this podcast. But I guess the real place that we need to to start as far as talking about the NBA is, first off, the NBA is coming back. Uh, the NBA Board of Governors voted for a 22-team plan on uh, finishing the regular season and moving into the playoffs. Uh, but I guess the, the place that we need to start is, does it matter? Um I've seen this going around. And again, we are not the authorities on racial injustice. There are much, uh, much more well-informed uh, voices uh, that, that can speak to that. But there has been some talk about whether the NBA coming back matters. With everything that's happening right now, why should we care about the NBA coming back? I think that it does matter because sports have always shown that it can bring people together Mm -hmm. regardless of color, political party or whatever. 
it brings people together. And that's why I think it matters. I think that it would just be a kind of a great thing, you know, to just come around and just watch the NBA, to watch these athletes like LeBron James, who has done so much for the community and so much for racial equality in America. Absolutely. I think that was well said, Dan. Um, I agree. Um, you know, obviously we want to see the NBA come back because we love watching basketball. Uh, but it's not just about basketball. Uh, as we've seen throughout all the horrific things that have happened in the last century, uh, I mean, you talk about World War II, baseball, United people, um, Vietnam, all these, all these horrible things, 9-11. We're not saying it's going to happen this time, uh, but the opportunity that basketball and really, I mean, just sports in general – uh, brings is that it can bring people with different perspectives, uh, with different stories, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, and it can bring everyone together and, and unify people uh, in a way that, you know, not a lot of things in this world can really do. Uh, so it is, for me, it is important uh, that the NBA is coming back because it does give us that opportunity to just be united around something. Uh, it does um, bring some hope, uh, especially with the coronavirus and a lot of depression that's happened because of that, because people are separated and, um, you know, not able to, to be in, you know, that close proximity with their friends and their family. Uh, this is one way that we can be close right now. Um, and it does give even more platform to some of these individuals who, who have used their platform well, like LeBron James. Um, you know, he was told to shut up and dribble, um, but that man has really stood up for uh, the black community and against racial injustice. Uh, and it gives individuals like him, like Jalen Brown, like Malcolm Brogdon, uh, like Stephen Jackson, many, many others like him, gives them the opportunity to use their platform to speak to these issues. Uh, so I think both of us, we're obviously we're excited about the NBA coming back, um, but we're also excited about the opportunity that that brings for maybe some some healing, some reconciliation and even some more uh, proclamation against that injustice. Uh, so, yes, I do believe that the NBA coming back, that it does matter. Well, let's let's just move on. Uh, awkward transition, but, um, like I said, I, I think that's, uh, there's a reason for that. There's good reason for it. Uh, but let's talk about the NBA coming back and maybe get to a little bit lighter of an atmosphere with this podcast. So this past Thursday, uh, the NBA board of governors, they voted on the plan brought to them by the commissioner, Adam Silver to bring the NBA back with 22 teams. Uh, this would be the top eight seeds in both conferences, along with five teams in the West. Uh, that is Sacramento, San Antonio, Phoenix, Portland, and New Orleans. And one team in the East, the Washington Wizards. And bring these 22 teams to Orlando uh, to play eight regular season games to cap off the season. Uh, and then, if necessary... 
some playing games for that number eight seed uh, in which, and like uh, just to give everyone the details, if you have uh, a number nine seed that is within four games of the number eight seed in either conference, then they would have a play-in scenario for that number eight seed, that last spot into the regular playoffs. And so the number eight seed uh, would have to just beat the number nine seed once to advance, while the number nine seed would have to beat the number eight two times to advance into uh, the playoffs. Uh, So eight regular season games, then going into the playoffs, uh, stretching really starts July 31st. And the way that they have it all laid out is that October 12th would be the last day in a scenario where there would be a game seven of the finals. Um, but I think, I think we're both excited about this, but what were your initial thoughts? Were you disappointed about the structure at all? Cause uh, you know, we had talked about different scenarios and everything. What did you think, Dan? I think 22 teams is too much mm-hmm. because I think mostly about three teams in particular, the Spurs, the Suns, and the Wizards. Okay. Because if I'm being honest, and I think a lot of NBA fans would agree outside of, you know, fans of those particular teams, that there isn't really a, that it really wouldn't be competitive. Like, would you want a, eight seed wizards team going against the Lakers. Like that's not going to provide a very competitive matchup. No, no, it wouldn't. I think it's too much, but at the same time, I'm just happy to have the NBA coming back. Yeah. I mean, I, I I feel pretty similar to you. I I think I would have preferred it had there be less teams I am glad, you know, we talked about it last episode. We don't need to rehash everything, but I am glad that we are keeping the two separate conferences. But I was I was hoping for a little bit more innovation than this. I mean, because honestly, it's pretty much just the same thing except the possibility. And honestly, it's not even all that likely on the east side, at least. Um, I mean... The Wizards are like five and a half games back, right? Do we really think that they're going to be able to come back and and make it competitive? Like you said, I'm not looking forward to those matchups. I understand that they might have John Wall back, but I still don't see them being a threat in the East. Uh, And then on the West side, yes, we are going to get a little bit of play between the seedings. Um, and that could happen in the East too. Um, you know, we're not going to have anyone fall out, um, except for maybe Memphis, but even then, like after, after, you know, eight games or whatever, and this kind of play in scenario, it just gets back to normal. And I'm, I'm not sure if I'm okay with that, with everything that's been happening. I was, I was hoping for just a little bit more innovation than that, but there's not a lot to complain about. Like we can, we can nitpick, but at least we get the NBA back. And that's like the biggest thing. Right. Because there was a, a doubt. And I will admit in my mind that if the NBA would even come back this year. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that, you know, props to Adam silver and the board of governors for getting this thing together. Can you imagine what that was like for the last couple of weeks? 
of trying to work out all the scenarios. Now, granted, we have another, I don't know, what is it, like five weeks before this thing would actually get yeah, started? Yeah, so, six, five, six uh, weeks. Yeah, so I'm sure that there's a lot more work that they're doing and ironing out all the details. But, I mean, they, they must have been just, like, running around that office like crazy or those home offices, uh, you know, figuring out all this stuff. And getting everything ready because they they probably had to have answers for everything with the board of governors and uh, especially the players association, right? Because that was a big hurdle too. Because obviously the players association and the board of governors and commissioner Silver don't always see eye to eye on things. But I think Chris Paul was one of the leaders in that. I mean, he's just such a great voice for the Players Association, and a lot of credit goes to should go to Chris Paul too, as well as orchestrating this as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it took probably a lot of considerations on both parts uh, to be able to make this thing happen. So, we are going to get the NBA back July thirty first through October twelfth. And then we, we've got a lot of weird things happening as far as scheduling goes. Uh, because we have in August, right? I think we have the draft lottery. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then we have like the draft almost immediately after the playoffs. Uh, so we have the championship. And then like just a couple days later, NBA draft. Uh, and they have basically like a two-month break. And then in... December, I believe, right before Christmas is when they'll get back into a new season. And not only that to throw in there is after the draft, before they jump into the new season, you have the, the wave of free agency. I look forward to the first day of NBA free agency, the moratorium period, as much as I look forward to the NBA finals. Yeah, pretty much, man. The last couple of years has been super interesting to see, you know, what's LeBron going to do? What's Kawhi going to do? You know, all these these players who've now made these big decisions for their careers and for these different programs. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot, a lot to get done in a short amount of time. And for me, I'm honestly, I'm honestly a little surprised that they're going to take this long and that they didn't try to condense the, the playoffs in any way. Uh, to, I mean, July 31st through October 12th with coronavirus happening and everything, you, you'd think that maybe they would have tried to, I don't know, cut it down a little bit. Right. I would think of possibly maybe just trying to forego the whole regular season and just mm-hmm. maybe go with um, some, of the, some of the other scenarios we talked about last week. And sort of like yeah. a round robin Olympic pool style type of thing. Yeah, it would have been it would have been cool to see something a little bit new, a little different. But you know what? We get the NBA back. We're gonna get a champion, uh, and and we'll talk about who we think has uh, some advantages in that in a couple minutes here. Uh, but first, before we get into that, we got to talk about all right. Twenty two teams get get in. Uh, what about the eight teams that are left out? Do you feel bad for him? I honestly really don't because they were given the same amount of opportunity in the regular season mm-hmm. to compete for playoff spots. Yep. They just didn't get the job done. I have also heard, you know, comments like, for example, Dame Lillard said, you know, 
if he wasn't given a true opportunity to make the playoffs, yep. then he wouldn't play. Mm-hmm. So I think that you'd see if they just decided to bring all 30 teams back, I think you'd see a lot of players sitting out, possibly mm-hmm. even coaches not coaching because it's just such a risk for them because they're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, what are they playing for? A draft lottery spot? Like, that's pretty much what you're essentially playing for then. Um, so I don't really feel bad for the eight teams left out. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, you know, I, th- I think that phrase from Dame Lillard is going to live on after this thing. That true opportunity thing. Um, they all had that true opportunity. It's called the regular season. And a lot of them chose to tank. Right. Um, you know, like people, people wanted a higher lottery pick cause I guess they really liked, uh, you know, the other ball brother, <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they, they decided that they weren't going to invest as heavily as they could have in this regular season. And, and now you're out, you know, it's, that's how sports work. Uh, it, and it is a business, uh, you know, that's why. Uh, teams that, you know, were more competitive and had, you know, more viewers for, for their games and everything. That's why they're in. And these teams that are left on the outside, you know, they, they have a true opportunity next season. So I don't feel bad. Uh, you know, you, you got next season, you know, looking at the, the way the scheduling is going to work out you probably have an advantage as far as next season goes. If you're, you know, already home resting, uh, these, these guys who are going to be playing, you know, this championship team, whoever that might be, uh, they're going to be in Orlando for like two and a half months, uh, and then have a two month break and then go right back into a new season. Uh, so, you know, these teams that are complaining and there's only been a few, a few players here and there, Zach Levine was one of them saying he wished that he was part of it and, you know, all of that. But they're going to have an advantage for next season because they're going to have rested players. Right. I guess the way we can talk, you know, we are, we want our Sonics back. Uh, and there was a story uh, of that's at least similar to this idea, you know, some of these smaller market teams not being able to make it into the 22 teams. Um uh, a great, great friend of the show, Clay Bennett, had something to say about that, <laughs> uh, didn't he, Dan? Yeah, that coward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, don't edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it. I'll leave it. It's true. Um, no, he was talking about small market teams having a disadvantage. And I'm sitting there like, I'm outraged by it because, mm-hmm. you know, Seattle is kind of a small market. Compared to the other markets you have, the New York teams, the L.A. teams. And I'm sitting there like, oh, unfair advantage to small market teams. What did you do to Seattle? Right? You ripped the team from our hands and moved it. It's so hypocritical of him to say that. Absolutely. And, like, it's hypocritical. And, and also, he made himself a small market team, you know? Right. Like, why are you complaining about that when you made the decision to go, like, all right, sure, Seattle is in L.A. 
It's not New York. But you know what? It's freaking Seattle. It's a bigger market than Oklahoma City. For dang sure, man. <laughs> and, and you made the decision to go to Oklahoma City, literally a city in the middle of nowhere, and, and put your team there because you, you have a fan base and you want to complain because you aren't getting the revenue that a bigger city would. Well, maybe you shouldn't have moved the team from from a place where they were actually making real money. Right. I just think it was so hypocritical on Clay Bennett's part because literally he literally did exactly the opposite. Yeah. So he put himself in that situation. So, no, I don't feel bad for you at all, Clay Bennett. And I hope your team loses in the first round of the playoffs. I'm just saying, I want another Dame Lillard wave. Oh, that would be something else. Yeah. All right. So we vented our Sonic's wrath. All right. Um, we're. I, I think we both got a little worked up when we saw that that article. Ah, uh, yes. Um, but let let's move on to some more positive things. Um, and, and let's let's talk about this thing. All right. So we got 22 teams. We got a little bit of a play-in scenario for the that eight seed. Um, do we see any teams that because of the break or just because of the way that things are going to be set up, do we see any teams that are going to be playing that have an advantage or maybe even a disadvantage when it comes to this thing? Um, the first team that comes to my mind right now would be the Portland Trailblazers. Because they've had some injuries this year. And I think now everyone has had this time, come back, get healthy, given the exceptions of like guys like Rodney Hood and such. But I do think the thing, the team that comes to my mind that I think could make a deep run is the Portland Trailblazers. I'm right there with you, man. Uh, You know, we, we talked a little bit before the podcast got started about like, people that we could see winning. And, and I told you that my pick might surprise you. And the reason why is because it's the Portland Trailblazers. I really think that they could, yeah, like you're saying, make a deep run into the playoffs because Damian Lillard don't play, man. Like no. that guy, that guy is one of the most killer instinct players in the NBA. Uh, you know, the, everyone, you know, talks about Dame time, and, and when it's Dame time, get out the way. <laughs> well, right, and I can think of, you know, just the trouble they gave the Warriors last year with Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and Clay Thompson healthy. Yep. And they kept, they had a big lead, but they just blew it at the end. They led, I believe, for about 90% of the minutes played in that whole series. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I think the key to this thing is that Nurkic has now had more time to heal. Right. Um, you he's know, coming he's, back? He, yeah. I, th- I think that's the, that's the plan right now is that Nurkic is going to come back. Oh, wow. Well, then. I might need to go put it, money on the Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> if he does come back, I mean, like, he's their Dennis Rodman. He, he's that, that power player that kind of bully on the court, um, you know, rebounder, hustle player, and trash talker. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that if he's there, 
I think a lot of teams should be scared to see that matchup. Now, the the worst thing is thinking about it is that if Portland does get in, you know, the first round matchup is most likely going to be against the Lakers. Right. And that uh, has so, to be scaring you. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit, man. Uh, it'll be really fun to watch, though. Uh, any any other teams, Dan, that you're just like, maybe this team has uh, an advantage or disadvantage going into this thing? I can think of teams that mostly, as far as like advantages go, mm-hmm. teams with veteran leadership, sort of like the Lakers and the Clippers. Um, the Bucks, eh, maybe, but maybe the Rockets, just because these players you know have played for a long time yeah they've not i don't want to use the words they've been in this situation because obviously no one's been in this situation but you have to look at guys with like that killer instinct in them yep sort of like you know dame willard has Absolutely. LeBron. Uh, no, I'm not going to say LeBron James. You finish, finish the sentence. Uh, Giannis on Dedekumpo. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James has it, man. You know it. Sometimes. Most. Most of the time. All right. So I, I think there's maybe an advantage to them compared to, I think the team that probably has the biggest disadvantage is probably a team like Memphis. You know, yeah. it's predominantly young guys. And their top players are rookies or second-year players. Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, John ja Morant, you know. They haven't even yeah. been in the playoffs, let alone this situation. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I do think that, yeah, some of these younger Cork teams, that they're going to have a harder time uh, should they get to a position where they can, you know, Make sure that they're in the playoffs. Uh, but Memphis, definitely. Uh, I would even put Boston into that category. Uh, I know you love Kemba and uh, Tatum and everybody, and they, they, they are a good team, but they are very young. And I, I don't think that Gordon Hayward as your veteran, as much as I love him, and he was so nice that one time I met him, I just don't think that he's that, that strong veteran that can you know get this team to think really – you know, soberly about this and be serious about everything. Uh, I just don't see that, that happening. Now, I could be wrong, uh, but I, I would say that those teams would be the ones at the disadvantage. Uh, one other advantage that I see is the Houston Rockets. Now, you know, Dan, our listeners don't because we, you know, we haven't had the opportunity to talk about the NBA actually being a thing because of coronavirus and everything. And since we started the podcast, but you know how much I hate Mike D'Antoni's system. Uh, yes, I'm uh, well aware of it. The small ball lineup. Yes. Uh, I, I hate his run and gun offense. Uh, I hated it when it was in Phoenix. I laughed uh, so hard when it fell apart in New York. <laughs> but uh, and, and I hate his way of doing it with the Rockets now. Uh, it's been more efficient with the Rockets because he has better offensive players and maybe one of the best offensive players of all time in James Harden. Um, but, you know, this transition that he's done this season of trading Clint Capella and, and, you know, making 
PJ, his, his center, I thought it was asinine and it looked like it was going to fall apart. Um, but you know, with the coronavirus, they've been able to, you know, take a break, take a breath. And I'm sure that for the last several weeks, Mike D'Antoni has been working on this system, trying to make it more efficient. And that scares me. Right. Because he, he has two of the best scoring guards in the entire world right now. Yep. And he can be creative in what he does. Not only that, is they can shoot. So I think to your point, I think that they could be a dangerous team. But I keep on that size thing is the elephant in the room here, though, for me, man. Yeah, yeah. It just screams to me you go up against a team with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, you know? Mm-hmm. Who's going to guard Anthony Davis in the post? P.J. Tucker? Nobody. Nobody. No one can. No one can guard LeBron James in the post. I think that it's going to be very interesting, but I do think the Rockets will make a run. Yeah, but uh, one last thing as far as advantages, disadvantages. Disadvantage definitely has to go now to the Nets. Uh, With Kevin Durant coming out and saying, my season is over. Uh, Kyrie has said that, uh, there's a possibility he might just go down to Orlando and just be there for his teammates and not play. That kind of uh, limbo that they've been in of will KD, will Kyrie be healthy? Uh, I don't think that's a good mix for trying to be competitive in the playoffs. So for me, I think the Nets would definitely have a, di- a disadvantage now. Uh, yeah. I mean, your number one guy is Spencer Dinwiddie. And I mean, he's a good player, but... You know you're not going to win the championship with just one good player. No, no matter how many Bitcoins that guy has. (laughs) Well, um, you know, there's a lot more that we could talk about. But, you know, we do have six weeks before this thing actually gets started. And so more details will be coming out. We'll talk about all the other stuff in upcoming podcasts. Uh, But before we close this thing out, Danny, we're going to do the same thing we did last week. And maybe this will just be a reoccurring thing as more news comes out and everything. Uh, who do you got? You know, we talked a little bit about advantages, disadvantages, and all that. With all that info, who do you have winning the championship now? I have the Clippers winning the championship. Yeah? I just think with their depth, they're pretty injury-free. And if they did have injuries, well, then they had more than enough time to heal. And I think... You got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and I think especially right now, since this big layoff, the players aren't going to be able to play 40 minutes a game. You know? Yeah. They're not, they're just not used to that because there was such a long layoff. And so I, I really think the Clippers have that advantage just because of their depth. Yeah, they are a very deep team for sure. And veteran leadership, but... Yep, uh, Kawhi has been there. He's done it a couple times. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Um, for me, I'm going to have to say the Washington Wit. No, just kidding. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm still sticking with the Lakers. I think that, you know, LeBron is fired up. He wants that championship. I think Anthony Davis, you know, he's never 
he's never really had this opportunity uh, to be on a championship team. Uh, and, and I think that he has that killer instinct too. So you got two players with that killer instinct. And uh, I just think, you know, in comparison, you might say the same about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, but no one has that athleticism deep in the post like Anthony Davis, and I don't think anyone's going to be able to contain him. That may be true, but it'll definitely make for a very interesting playoffs because this year, unlike years in the past, there isn't really one team that's really set apart. To quote Dame Lillard again, uh, I think that a lot of teams are going to have a true opportunity uh, to hoist up that, Larry O'Brien trophy and and claim victory over the league. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch and I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, next week we'll talk some more. Maybe we'll get like the actual schedule and we'll be able to talk about different matchups and everything. Uh, Who knows what news is going to come out this week, but we'll definitely talk about it in our next episode. If you're listening to this, we would love it. If you would rate review and share on whatever platform you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Play or Spotify, wherever you're listening, share it with other Sonic fans, other NBA fans. We would definitely appreciate it. Until next time, we want our Sonics back.